At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As a woman, when you do reach a certain level, if you don't operate within the rules that that the boys set up, then how successful can you be? I mean, I think that a lot of times when the people in charge, if they elevate somebody Black, whether it's a woman or a man, it's going to be someone who they feel comfortable with. It's not going to be somebody that's going to come and shake things up. And I feel it's the same thing with women. And, you know, hats off to those who are climbing the ladder and doing their thing. But if you were uh, shaking things up and making trouble, they would not look, (laughs) they would not elevate you. They don't want want Jackie Reed is on this edition of Naked. Enjoy, y'all. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Celebrities behind the scenes It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story Specific, life-altering events to shape the person that you hear We got a champion and carry champion Hey girl, you did it It's the greatest in sports and entertainment Connected with us Every champion and carry champions To be a champion A champion and carry champion Hey girl, you did it we got a champion and carry champion And carry champion Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment Connected with us Hey everybody, welcome back to Naked Listen I have been the last couple of weeks interviewing people that I admire and love, as I always do on this podcast. But the trajectory for the next few weeks, if not few months, is me making sure that I introduce you all to people who are out there. Um, what I like to say on the front lines of changing the culture and using their platform to be different. I think it started when I interviewed Marianne Williamson, who is she ran for president in 2020, but. Many of us know her and were introduced to her through Oprah Winfrey uh, and Super Soul Sundays and 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 her books because she's written 14 books about being your better self. Arguably the most popular was this book called Return to Love. And so I met her. I talked to her. Having conversations with her really activated me about what I wanted to do in terms of how I can help contribute to the society that we are in. Not for nothing, we are coming off of knowing that Roe versus Wade will be overturned which means everything is on the table now, which means the Supreme Court can roll back interracial marriage and make that against the law in certain states, right? People will try to do that. Taking away women's rights is just one of the many issues that affects all of us, but everything is on the table. And I don't think that we are aware as a society. And I'm interviewing a series of journalists and writers and researchers for the next couple of weeks who have contributed to, to the culture in, in, in significant ways, at least for me. And today, I am talking to journalist Jackie Reed. And as we introduce you to Jackie, if you are not familiar with whom she is, I say, uh, for me, she was one of the first few representations of beautiful Black women with edge, style, and class, but capital J journalism skill set um, on a national cable network. For me, watching her when she was on BET, when BET had nightly news, it was special. It was tune in. It was something very significant about it. And Jackie and I will get into it in this podcast. She says she wishes BET understood the importance of having news, news for us, news for the culture. And maybe they know now, but they really had something special with her. And perhaps maybe they'll revisit it. I hope. Because there isn't that much that specifically is for the culture. 
But beyond that, Jackie has had a, an amazing career. She She's worked as a journalist in New York. She had a show in New York, uh, a local station there. And if you're familiar with that area, you probably have seen her. She's just uh, a great mind. And I've never met her, but we have a lot of mutual friends in common, right? Like Joy Reid on MSNBC. I think they still have a podcast together because uh, they both have the same last names. How cool is that? <laughs> and then, you know, we just all, there's a bunch of us that all know one another and uplift each other and understand the work that needs to be done. And I hope, again, as I'm saying, as you listen to this podcast over the next few weeks, if not months, and continue to listen and ask others to subscribe, you understand the importance of what it means to be activated in doing something. We are at war here, guys. We're coming off of that Buffalo shooting and not for nothing. That 18-year-old white boy, the domestic terrorist that he is, was very clear on his intent to kill black people because black people are taking over and he wanted black people dead. You saw the video where he saw a white guy and said sorry and moved on. We are at war and do not get caught up with conspiracy theories and that didn't happen and he's with the feds and it's not really white people and somebody else did it and he's this and he's that. That white boy was taught hatred. He believes in hatred. He was equipped with military gear from someone, I'm pretty sure not on his own on his own accord, and there were warning signs that are being ignored. There are places on the dark internet that talk about what they want to do to people of color, marginalized people, because there is a significant group of people who believe that they are losing their power and that white people are superior. And I'm speaking to you super frankly because I do not like how we don't speak frankly about what is going on in society today. He wanted to kill black people, and he did. Sadly, he killed black people who I believe have lived through racism, who have seen racism at its ugliest, and think that they survived it only to be shot down in a grocery market. Grandmothers, mothers, great-grandmothers, in that grocery market, black people who have lived their entire life suffering, finally at a golden age of retirement where they can do the little things, there's the story of the lady who was coming back from visiting her husband in a nursing home and she was just stopping to get something to eat. Too sad to think about, but I must think about it. And awful, because that story is times 10. For, for that matter, it's times infinity. Because it's happening and it will continue to happen. And if you aren't aware, and if you aren't alert, and if you don't care, start to care. I need y'all to vote. I need you guys to express your opinions boldly when you can. I need you to disrupt. And everybody does it differently. That don't mean you walk in the office and be like, go to hell, everybody. But it does mean that when you have an opportunity to contribute to society to make sure that this fight is fair, whatever that looks like, it could be voting. It could be running for office. It could be running for your for the local, you know, I don't know, student council. If you're a student, student body council, right? Do you want to be a president? I don't know. But can be that simple for you all to have an opinion about what is happening. Because we cannot be quiet. And it could be whatever it means to you to fight. That's what it looks like. You don't have to have a podcast going off talking reckless. You can do it in your own way. But be aware. First thing for me is voting. We really got to stay alert. Because it's happening and we're distracted. People are being elected who don't have a problem saying the quiet part out loud. And what that means is they are being elected and they don't like black people or brown people. And they are bold about it. They're not hiding it anymore, folks. They're just not because they don't have to. Trump has ushered in a group, a heavy group of people who have already lived here and quietly felt this animosity towards marginalized people and because he was so loud and so bold, everybody's like, I can, I can do it too. I too can be loud and bold about what I don't like about this society. So get activated. And with that said, uh, I again will reintroduce you to Jackie Reed. And I say it on the podcast. I, I am a fan. And this was my first time ever getting to talk to her. So that was great. So we're getting to know each other on the podcast. And I appreciate her boldness. And everybody... Everyone's boldness, let me say this, everyone's boldness looks different. We all don't have to be the same 
in our fight for justice and equality, as long as we're doing something to say it is not right. Well, further ado, without further ado, without further ado. Let's welcome in Jackie Reed to Naked. Journalist, um, beautiful soul sister, uh, an amazing woman. Jackie Reed, thank you so much for being on Naked. I I think this is funny. I like to tell stories about how I know of people or when I first met them or or when I first became a fan. And for and for you, I I met you. You didn't meet me while watching <laughs> BET Nightly News. And I always thought to myself, what a beautiful, beautiful woman. Another example of 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 what is possible. And I and I was like in local news maybe at the time, just you know, when you first like trying to get on with the get good, you don't know what you're gonna be doing with yourself or if you're going to stay in the business in any capacity. Yeah. And it was just refreshing to see you on to me was such a larger than life screen. And you were just always so beautiful. And uh, I am a fan of a little bit of edge. And you always had edge. And I love that. <laughs> and it made me feel more comfortable. So, again, thank you for just being you and being here. Oh, thank you so much. What, what a lovely thing for you to say. I appreciate all of it. And I, too, am a fan of yours. I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, follow your work and your career. I love the podcast. I love your interview style. I just love your personality. I love the edge that you have. I love, you know, you just, you just have that je ne sais quoi. It's just something different about you that I just celebrate. Every time I see you, I'm rooting for you. That's a beautiful thing that we're starting to see a lot of in our industry. So many, there's more of us like, you know, coming up, we were like there over there, over there. No, it's, it's everywhere. And, and celebration is so important. Um, You grew up in Atlanta and I want to know, how did you know as a child or as an adult or maybe even college, this is what you wanted to do with your life? Ooh, yeah. I knew early on because I was on my high school uh, newspaper and I was actually the sports editor <laughs> uh, because I was an athlete in high school. Um, I ran track. I was on the gymnastics team. I was a cheerleader. Uh, gymnastics was my big thing. So I loved that aspect of sports. And I got to know football and, and uh, basketball by being a cheerleader. So I was a fan of those sports. So why not be sports editor, right? So I did that in high school and my teachers would always compliment me on just being a good English student, being a good writer. So I just listened to that and I leaned into it. And then I thought I wanted to be a, vet- a veterinarian first because I am a huge animal lover. But then I was like, "Mm, maybe I want to be a lawyer. So I wasn't sure after I left high school and that first year in college, I was just kind of figuring it out. Um, But then I just, something in me just knew that journalism was the thing for me. And I followed that path once I got um, to college pretty quickly. It happened, you know, the veterinarian thing that was done by the time I started college. It was either, I, you know, I started off in pre-law, but then I made my way to journalism and you know, it was definitely the right choice for me. I mean, there's still a part of me even now that's like, maybe I'll just go to law school. I just, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's just a part uh-huh. of me. Uh, I love saying, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love law, um, you know, and I'm like, well, hell, if Kim Kardashian can do it. If she's an attorney, dadgummit. <laughs> No, it's funny you say that. You, I, same. I, I think there's very the the journalism and and even being an attorney are very similar. We are arguing, we're debating, we're fighting for someone who can't fight for themselves in so many words, right? So I, I too wanted to be an attorney, and you're right. If if Kim Kardashian is one, I guess we all can. Damn it. So going back to school. (laughs) Yes, I'm gonna and do it. It's in the back of my mind. I'm like. Maybe I too can take the baby bar. <laughs> I guess to take a baby bar and move on and can and call yourself an attorney. But right, not even to go to law school. I think I, I want to go to school though. All of those things. We, um, as you know, and then for what you guys are listening, I was going to start mentioning friends. And when I do, it'll be people that we have mutually in common, whether it be Joy Reid, right? Or yes. Tiffany Cross or uh, Jamel Hill. So excuse me if when I'm talking to Jackie, I just say these names is very... <laughs> <laughs> casually. But Jamel and I were talking about that concept of, of doing what we do for a living and other people making it look so very easy and simple and you they don't glorify the hard work and the hard times, right? Um, 
talk to me about that for you as a black woman in an industry that really has a hard time seeing us and oh my goodness and don't you dare ask for a voice so so how are you or how were you able to persevere what is your your way of living well you know i think i had a strong foundation you know my parents made sure that at a very young age my sister and i understood who we were as black women um you know I took dance classes and jazz on the campus of Spelman when I was a kid. So I grew up going to Spelman every Saturday and seeing these amazing black collegiate women, you know, these elegant, just brilliant, beautiful women every Saturday. That was my life. You know what I mean? Driving around that beautiful campus. If you've never been to Spelman college in Atlanta, it's such a beautiful campus. So there was that. And then, you know, my mother taking us to see Alvin Ailey every time they came to town. And then when you grow up in Atlanta, it's a different experience. It's a different type of Black pride that you have. All I've known is a Black mayor, right? Mm -hmm. We have a fluent neighbor, you know, Harlem has, you know, well, I was going to say New York kind of has Harlem. Now it's changing, (laughs) but you know, as far as Black neighborhoods, but there's, you know, there there are parts of Brooklyn and things like that. But as far as affluent neighborhoods that are well-known in Atlanta, there are just too many to count. You know what I mean? It's just such a special type of city, you know, um, the home of the civil rights movement and all of that, you know, every year before it was a holiday, I was going to you know, the King yeah. celebration here. So it, so that instilled a lot of pride and confidence in who I am as a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a black woman, I had my mother as an example, again, those women at Spelman. And I just had, you know, my maternal grandmother, uh, just a very strong woman. Um, I was just surrounded by very strong women. So I had that foundation. So when I became a professional in this business. I was one who always questioned authority. Um, you know what I mean? I always, it's not, and not in a confrontational kind of way. You know, I either, I was very inquisitive. I wanted to know why things were a certain way. And if things didn't seem fair, then I spoke up about them. And you know, as well as I do, um, as a, just as a black person, male or female, when you're in an industry or you're in a, a a newsroom, if you will, or an office space that's predominantly white, sometimes you can be, you have to be that voice to say, hey, you know, you all shouldn't say this this way, or hey, this is not fair. You shouldn't cover this this way. I mean, over the years, throughout my career, I have, um, you know, pushed back on, you know, referring to or not referring to someone who's who has a doctorate. Um, as a, as a doctor, if there, you know, there was a mayor, um, I can't remember his name, but when I was in uh, Houston, Texas, as an anchor and reporter, uh, they got their first black mayor mm-hmm. and he had a doctorate, but they didn't want to call him doctor. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? He, he's a doctor. He has a doctorate. Call him so there was just comments like that. Mm-hmm. Then there were other moments, you know, over the years where you have to be that person to say, I mean, I actually being the only black person in an office one time had had a manager say to the room, you know, what is it about Beyonce? Who does she think she is? Oh, like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, my, and so what do you say in those moments? I, I stand up. I say, what do you mean by that? You know, yeah. it, it was like there was a moment when you remember when uh, Adele won album of the year or something like that. And she yes. got up and said, how am I up here instead of Beyonce? I, you know, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I remember and in my yeah. and the conversation on social media after that was, you know, you were on one side or the other. But not knowing the history of that, a lot of people were saying, why should Adele feel guilty for winning this award? Why should she say that? And that was the attitude of of my office. You know, I was the only black person. And I was like, do you know the history of this award show and how many black people uh, or black women have not won this award, have been overlooked because of how the voting works? But, you know, so it's like all of that, you know, yeah. it's saying I'm not reporting on The Bachelor covering entertainment 
because it's it's before they started introducing black people because it's a racist show. And just saying that in a newsroom yeah. of people and just saying yes. racist back before and having pe- producers say, I never thought about the fact that they never had any black you know it's that the the never thought about is the 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 part that really bothers me and still bothers us to this day and what i mean yeah. by that is that why do we have to point out what is so obvious and so glaring to us yeah um which is an example of erasure and not being seen yeah but yet and still i i don't i'm very fortunate to know that i can look at women like you and our peers and see that we understand the assignment and we've still been able to pierce um, these stereotypes and move into positions where we have some say and some power. How would you say, when you look back on all the things that you've accomplished, because some of us had, we've had to, you know, step and fetch a little bit, do some things a little bit. I know I have anyway. Yeah. But of all the things that you've accomplished, where do you find yourself most comfortable in terms of your career? Was it when you were at BT? Was it in New York covering news? When were you or I've arrived and I am me and this is what you get? I honestly think most comfortable is right now where I am working for myself and freelancing because I can do, you know, I finally had, I remember Roland Martin told me years ago, years ago, when I was at BET, have your own thing, have your own, you know, website. This was before podcasts, you know, were a thing, have your own website. You know, you need, have your own radio show, have something that you own, have your own real estate. I was like, Bitch! you know, I, I really didn't listen. And it wasn't until my last job at NBC and even before then, that it really started to sink in for me. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I need to have my own podcast. I need to have my own website. I need to do this whole YouTube thing, um, which is interesting, but I, I love this. So this is me being authentically me in this moment. So this is my happiest. And I'm still figuring out a lot of things, but I love it. I love being my own boss. I love the ownership of it. I love calling the shots. Um, I love... You know, there have been so many times, and I know you can relate to this, where you couldn't cover something or you had to cover something that just didn't sit right with you. You know what I mean? But it's the job, right? It's the job. And I don't have to do that anymore. And I'm not saying that I'll never end up working for another company again in my life, but I think it will be a situation where it'll be a great fit. It'll be, you know, just the perfect fit. Or prior to that, I would say most comfortable was when I did step into BET and working for Tom Joyner and getting to cover Black people and Black stories. I mean, oh, it yeah. broke my heart when BET Nightly News ended. You know, we just, I don't think BET saw the importance of it enough to just say, listen, the ratings may not there, but we need news. Black people, we need our own news. So it went away after five years. And I was really rooting for the Black News Channel to make it. And it just yeah. broke my heart when it didn't because what Princell yeah. was doing over there was just excellence. It was just excellent. Everyone was excellent. And every and and it's interesting you mentioned that because I know now, I think if BET had to do it over again and they kept that franchise, they would have profited off of it in a major way. And the and yeah. the understanding of why it's so important for us to have something that focuses on us. And the same with, with Black News Channel. It's just why is it in our community we often don't understand the need for that, for that type of journalism? Um what is it about not really wanting to understand the issues at hand that we can gloss over? Like the women are, I feel like the women are alert, but that's not all the women, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like yeah, they should have really kept that on the air. Like why? It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think, and this is just, you know, a guess, but I, what I think it is, is that for many black people, we got enough going on. I got enough trouble in my life. I don't, I don't need to know what's going on around the world. I don't need to know what's going on in this place and that place across the country. I don't need, if it's not affecting me directly, then I don't need to know it. So we don't want to lean into that. And then we don't trust the news. We don't trust the, the people that are bringing us the information. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of Black people mistakenly think that 
a lot of radio DJs, a lot of gossip hosts, they think that that's news. They think that that's the information that they need. And a lot of times that's misinformation. It's opinion is not based on facts. Um, and so, you know, no knock to anybody out there doing their thing. But I think that people have to be mindful of what sources you're getting your information from. And we have, we just, and I think that organizations like a BET and others have to really continue to push that. We have to not look at the ratings and the numbers and just find other ways to connect and get information to our community. Because I tell you, you know, Telemundo, all the, you know, Latins, they have, new, they prioritize it. Yes. Yes. And they, first of all, they obviously they have such a, as do we, but you know, it's a diaspora. So they're covering all over, but also, but li- like in er- certain areas in Miami, you know, that Telemundo is number one here in LA in certain areas, like you can Telemundo will give the local NBC and ABC a run for their money. Right. And I feel like you're correct in the fact that we don't understand the investment, but it is, it's so detrimental. And I don't know how as a journalist or as as someone who has a platform, how I get us to pay attention. And while that's not necessarily my responsibility, I do feel like it is my responsibility. I, I you know, I, obviously I live in between the intersection of sports and culture and all these athletes think they want to do something and then they say they're going to do something and then they don't really understand what they're fighting for. Or what, why is it important? And it's so disturbing for me. Yeah. How do we get them to pay attention? I don't know. I w- if I knew, I mean, I would push for it. I mean, whenever it's like when I got to BET and then, like I said, I start doing black radio, just it, it felt so important to me to be a part of this, uh, bringing this information to our community. But I, it's just discouraging when the people with the resources to make it happen don't see the importance in really, you got to go beyond, you're going to lose money, right? At first, you're going to lose money. But I think, I think that a lot of people in this country, a lot of black people with a lot of money really have to get behind something like this. I agree. And I don't even know if we're holding them accountable. I don't even know if I'm holding, you know, the black folks that I know with money accountable because you do have to get behind it. If we're not doing it, who will? And we're and we have to support it, you know. I'm thinking about with Jay and I in our show. We any upper. It would be nice if someone said, "Okay, so we go to CNN. CNN Plus goes away. They're like, you still work for CNN, but we're gonna see where this show could possibly land. Could it be right. within the family? Could it go to HBO and be on HBO Max? We don't know. But let me tell you what I do know is that. They don't understand us. So if you if they're not familiar with us and what we're talking about and the content we're bringing, it's not important to them. And if it's not important to them, then who is important to? If it ain't important to in, us in the community, because we we're, we're for the community. It's so disturbing. It really is. And there's so much money in the Black community, right? We yeah. as an audience have such power that we don't even know how to harness we don't even understand how to utilize that. Correct. Do you know what I mean? All Correct. the shows that, you know, the shows with black talent, whether it's entertainment, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's news, you know, it, it's all, it's everywhere else. It really should be the, you know, the BETs of the world, the TV ones of the world, you know, and the yes. others, it, it should be blowing up with the best of the best when it comes to programming and all of those things, but it's not. You know, it, it's not, I mean, not that, no shade. I mean, not that they don't have, I mean, I, I definitely watch, you know, some of the things on, on BET. Um, yeah. And, we're and not, yeah. We're, there's some good programming, but we're saying, you're saying the level of talent, the riches, the resources, it could be everywhere. And it's not, it could be so much more. And I also think yeah. we, we, we think somebody else's ice is colder in the sense yes. of, I don't want to work for BET or I don't right. want to, you know, and I don't want to. And in my mind, I'm all like, that's, that's not, that's not smart. <laughs> how does that, how does that even work? Right. How does that even I mean, work? Imagine if Blackish was on a Black network. Imagine if Scandal, when it first came out, was on a Black network, right? 
why does Bridgerton have to be, you know, over here? Why right. can't it be over here? Or why can't we, you know what I mean? Why can't there be these big blockbuster shows sure. that are, that are at a black network? You know, sure. I would like to see those people out there with a lot of money making those kind, you know, the magic Johnsons of the world, making those sure. kinds of things happen. Do you know what I mean? And, and not, not to lay it at his feet. But, you know, yeah, but you're like, well, there's only so many that you can point to where you see what they're doing. I often my my thing is that I see all of these. I know all of these men who are creating these great businesses and they're bringing in their friends, their male friends, and they're doing all these wonderful things and they're buying teams and they're doing this. And I always think, well, what about us? Do you see us? Us brown women, we too want multiple streams of income. <laughs> we want to be bazillionaires, too. Right. Don't forget about us. And I and I think that that's what I believe would change the way that we would deal with production and the way that we would see us wanting to work for black entertainment companies if there were more women in charge. S- sadly, the, the, we're not the, we're not making the money. We're not making the big decisions. You know, we have the title, but we have this little asterisk, you know, next to it. And you're always constantly fighting some kind of narrative. So yeah. as we, as I, you know that, I mean, you, you, you know <laughs> No, absolutely. It's it's tough as a woman. And then as a woman, when you do reach a certain level, if you don't operate within the rules that, that the boys set up, then how successful can you be? Can I mean, be I think successful. that a lot of times when the people in charge, when they, if, if they, you know, if they elevate somebody black, whether it's a woman or a man, it's going to be someone who they feel comfortable with. It's not going to be somebody that's going to come and shake things up. And I feel it's the same thing with women. And, you know, hats off to those who are climbing the ladder and doing their their thing. But if you were uh, shaking things up and making trouble, they would not look, <laughs> they would not elevate They don't you. want it. They and they don't, don't want, want it. it. So that, oh, so so that limits you to do things in a certain way. You know what I mean? Even be You and I... Yeah. You are, we're learning that, right? Like yeah. I'm learning that. I'm all like, I don't, I could never go work for the four letters in that way ever again. I'm not saying like you said, I won't, but not like that. I'm too free. I'm too, too free. And, and more importantly, there's money to be made. Come on, come oh. with me. Yes. <laughs> it's money to be made, yes. right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. What was I waiting for? Who told, who, who like, told me the way to be? When I heard how much money was being made out here in this digital space, <laughs> podcasts and courses and, you know, memberships and YouTube, I was like, oh, okay, okay, I, I can do this. I can do this. And be free. <laughs> and be free. Yes. Freedom, man, it's a different thing, but you have to live some life to understand it. And I am grateful for the name, the, the company, which that helped me build my platform. So I, I yeah. we don't, I don't knock that because there is, there's, there's method to the madness. All right, really quickly, I must pay some bills. Jackie Reed is on the other side. Pay attention. We'll be right back. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. 
I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome back, journalist, vegan extraordinaire. She gets into it, y'all. She, I mean, I'm trying. I don't know. I'm trying. I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> Jackie, I'm trying. Jackie Reed on Naked. As a journalist, I like to ask these questions about people when they put stories together, when you go out and you interview somebody. Is it more, okay, so you could just give me the example or you could just say yay or nay. Okay. Is it difficult to interview someone you're really close with? As in a like friend? Your, yeah, it's like your homegirl. And, 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 but she's also, like, if you had to go and interview no, Joy on her show or something like that, you know, I'm just you, back, back and forth. She interviews you, that might be fine. But you're filling in. No, it's not difficult for you? That wouldn't be difficult for me to interview a friend. It, it's like making, it, it's fun for me. Like, I just did an interview with Sherry Shepard, who's a friend of mine. For upfronts for her new talk show, yay! That yay. she's getting in. Congrats! And, uh, they brought me in to do a one-on-one with her in front of advertisers, and you know, it was it, it. And she wanted me to do it because she knew it would be girlfriendy and fun. And for me, it was just us being up there just talking. So no, that kind of like I long for that. That's why I like just being able to do my own thing. You know, when I had my last show and we were interviewing all these celebrities, one of the best times would be when somebody that I knew would come through. You know what I mean? And we could just sit and talk and just, you know, have a a fun conversation. No, I live for that. That's fun for me. Oh, you love those. Somebody that I'm a fan of, that's more difficult because I remember covering the red carpet at the Emmy Awards, you know, maybe about six years ago. And Idris Elba entered the carpet and <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, this might've been about eight years ago. So, you know, it was like when he was really, he yeah, was, yeah. you know what I mean? Everywhere. Luther was out, like he was nominated for Luther. Uh-huh. So I see him coming down the carpet and, you know, he, I know he went to entertainment tonight and then his publicist, they were getting ready to walk on by. There, there were some white girls. He wasn't stopping, but his manager was a brother. And hey. I, I caught that eye. I was like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I was like, please bring him to me. Please bring him over here. He said, I got you, sis. He mouthed, I got you, sis. So when he came down and the white ladies that were, you know, doing whatever they were doing, they were like, nah. he brought him right over to me, Carrie, to this day. I can't uh-huh. tell you what I asked him. <laughs> it's all a blur. It is all a blur. It's all a blur. 
I don't I know love it. I love it. So you were like, you went real deep investigative journalism and then don't remember a thing. You was just, were you just staring at his eyes or his mouth? I hate when that happens. I, I know, I know that words were coming out of my mouth, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, and by the way, I have never interviewed him. I met him before and I'm pretty sure it was the same response. Like it was like a high and by. And I was just like, oh my God, you just be like, I've had, I, I can't say that I've had that happen um, where I don't need someone so fine that I can't talk, but I, I do know I have been extremely nervous depending on how like perfect big the athlete was back in the day. I would be very yeah. nervous. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm saying, but here you go. Like, I don't know what's going, you know, you just get so caught up, but I, I, I don't like interviewing my really close friends. That's interesting that you, you know? do because, well, because I feel like, well, because you, because now I have a confession because I'm silly and sometimes I, I might speak in front of company and I wasn't supposed to say what I was supposed to say. So I always am like, wait, am I supposed, wait, was I not supposed to tell that story? Um, and that happened once with Jamel on her um, Bachelorette podcast she did. And oh. I thought we were going on there to talk about the Bachelorette, like what happened? Not, I mean, you know, but apparently I was, I'm, I almost got kicked out the wedding. That's all I know. Because <laughs> I was talking, I was talking too much. So that's why, that's why my fear. Okay. So have you ever... Now this is I. You don't have to share, but have you ever interviewed someone and you had like such a crush on them and you felt them flirting with you the whole time? And what did you do? Why they were flirting the entire interview and you're trying to stay professional? I know it's happened. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (sighs) I mean, you know. I mean, you know, (laughs) working the red carpet at the BET Awards opens itself up to a lot of just, you know, it's just a fun kind of atmosphere, especially back in the day when the BET Awards were still a mixture of, you know, you know, different ages, different, you know what I mean? After a while, it became really, 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 really young. You know what I mean? Just yeah, and, yeah. And back in the day, you know, all kinds of people were walking the red carpet. So I'm I'm jogging my mind. I don't have like one story. That Somebody was like, "Say, Jackie, baby, hey, baby, baby, Jackie." <laughs> you again? I don't even. You uh, come on, come on, come just on. You're a little, a little something here and there, but I didn't take it seriously. I didn't take it okay. seriously. So if they were serious, I didn't know about it. No. I think it's so uncomfortable when, as a woman, uh, especially as a beautiful black woman, and we're at these events and the brothers see us and they start flirting. And you're like, I'm trying to be professional. Like, that's what I, it's so uncomfortable, but funny is all get out because you just have to remain calm. And every black reporter that I know, every black woman I know who's worth the red carpet, you just have to just always remain calm because it's a little bit of, it's a, it's, it's, it's a compliment, but then it's like, okay, I can, I, I have professional decorum. You're, you're setting boundaries, right? How you yeah. respond to them you know what I mean and so I just I could only imagine because like the bad still the baddest but the baddest on the red carpet girl when nobody touching you was nobody you were it it I T you are so kind but you know I am such a you know I would drive Tom Joyner crazy because I'm so against like men treating women like they wouldn't want their daughters Exactly. Cat calling. I'm so against street harassment and all that kind of stuff. I like for men to just be respectful um, when they interact with women, even if it's, you know what I mean? I feel like even you can, I think if you're interested in someone, I think that you can convey that without without being being disrespectful, without making a spectacle of yourself or embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? When somebody puts you on the spot like that, particularly when you're yes. doing your job. I don't come uh, to CVS and start messing with you while you putting away the cotton balls. I, I don't, don't do that. So leave know. me alone, please, sir. Right. Um, I You said something about your lifestyle, which I also, and this is, goes into what, uh, when I am thinking of who you are and how you've been able to really, truly transition and make a way for yourself. You created a vegan company for my understanding or your CEO. Vegan, sexy, cool. First of all, 
I was always wondering why you were so fit. So it's another reason for me to think about being a vegan. I mean, I, lo- I just love me some chicken. I have to learn to. I, and I know there's chicken, soy chicken, baked chicken. I know, but <laughs> I'm not there yet. There's so I was like, <laughs> tell me about the company. Congratulations. Thank you. And I love Vegan Sexy Cool. And it really is the whole goal behind it is for someone like me who not only is a huge animal lover, but I also love clothes. I love fashion. I love makeup. You know, I love beauty. I love all of that. And so when you're vegan, you don't just eat vegan. It's everything. I don't wear leather. I don't wear silk. I don't wear cashmere. I don't eat you know, buy anything that has to do with the exploitation or harm of an, harm of animals, okay. harming of animals. And so a lot of people will think, well, like, what do you wear? How do you live? But there's so what I discovered was there's so much out there in this space from car companies to fantastic resorts around the world. Of course, we know about restaurants, but clothing brands, furniture companies, interior design companies all in the vegan space. And for me, I'm an ethical vegan, which is why most people are vegan. Because if you're just eating vegan, then you're plant-based. But if you're an ethical vegan, that means no animals were harmed, you know, while you're living your life. And so for me, it's everything um, that I do. And it really, so once you make that decision, right? Because for years, I mean, Girl, you there's probably a picture that exists with me gnawing a chicken wing to the bone. It exists somewhere. <laughs> like, don't think that I didn't, I was not raised, you know, in the South, eating right. pigs, this, chitlins, Correct. you know, all that yeah, stuff. Tails, right. hogs, mogs, dogs, yeah. <laughs> but what I try to encourage people <clears throat> to do, not just for the ethics of it when it comes to animals, but also for our health. Um, and for the for the planet is to be more conscious consumers. Pay attention to what you're eating. Where did it come from? That purse you're carrying, what, not just the materials, but the labor, right? Yeah. What's happening to the workers? Where was it made? How ethical is that company? Not just when it comes to, to animals, but their politics. Where yeah. do they stand when it comes to Black Lives Matter, Right. We need to be more conscious. We Black people make a lot of companies a lot of money because when we like something, we're all in. But what do we know about those companies and, and their politics? We need to pay. We have to be more conscious to not only what we're eating, what we're putting onto our plate, but just as consumers in general. And so Vegan Sexy Cool is really just showing you that being vegan is not about sacrifice. You can still be cool and fly and go to the best places and walk the red carpet and eat fabulous food and go to great restaurants and all that, drive great cars and not sacrifice anything. And on top of that, um, help out the planet, save some animals, do good, do something good. You know what I mean? People are looking for ways to give back and do something. You know, every time I have a meal, I have peace because I know that nothing died or was exploited yeah. for me to be for me to eat what I'm eating. And that that works for me. And but okay, so tell me how long have you been an ethical vegan? Four and a half years. But and before that, were you just a vegan by being plant-based? No. It when I tell you I had an epiphany, I would leave like I was talking about the chicken bones that I would be gnawing on. <laughs> I was eating for Christmas. I had this moment where I saw this ad on Facebook where this black woman, interestingly enough, and I don't know who made this ad to this day, but it was just like this woman walking by some animal rights activists and they gave her a pamphlet. And you get a close up of the pamphlet and it says, you know, go vegan, save animals. And she, you know, she's like, "Mm." and we see her throughout her, like the next weeks or however long this period goes through and she's, you know, paying more attention to what being vegan could mean. And then we see her watching the videos of the factory farming and, you know, you just get a glimpse of it. But I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to look at what it takes to put that chicken on my plate. I'm going to look at what it takes from start to finish to have that leather coat. And once I did that, because we know, right? 
you know that animals are dying so you can have those things. But once you let yourself really see it, I just, as an animal lover, couldn't be a part of that cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. Once you let yourself really see it, though, that's the key. When you really let yourself see it, then I just couldn't be a part of that anymore. And particularly for Black people, I think that we, again, going back to conscious consumerism, we need to lean in and pay more attention to these businesses that we are supporting. You know, Dick Gregory was a devout ethical vegan from, I mean, from the early 60s, he became a a vegan because of, he was against violence. And so he's like, if if I'm against violence against people, why am I supporting this horrific Mm -hmm. violence against animals so I can have a piece of chicken or a piece of steak? Angela Davis, you know, former Black Panther, you know, brilliant professor to this day, speaks on she's an ethical vegan as well and those two if you listen to their teachings talk about the connection between the the struggle and the plight of black people in this country and the way that animals are inhumanely treated because it's the same mm. you know it's the same master that yeah let's let's take these animals and treat them this let's chain them up <clears throat> let's do you know what i mean let's do this yeah. So that no, capitalism. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. I'm not about that. I'm not about that. So for me, it's been a journey. I've learned a lot along the way. I started out an ethical vegan, but it has improved my health. Um, wow. I, I learned about how it impacts the environment, and so it's it's a win win win. I'll Good never. Turn I mean, back. honestly, that is that is. I, and I have had over the course of my life several friends who have become vegans. I think you're the only one that I know of that's an ethical vegan, but the, they do all talk about the the benefits of it and how they all want to move towards that world. You know what I mean? Where they're not yeah. bu- where they're not buying things like they're not doing the leather and the this and the that, the silk. And so they say, but it's the same thing. What you just said, like if you allow yourself to see it, you understand. And if if it affects you the way it hits you, then you're just like, all right. I can't do that anymore. And yeah. to me, that's amazing. So I literally, I, I don't know if I'm ready. Literally, I'm impressed by you. That is, that's hard to say and do. We'll talk are about you, it. We guys are, slowly <laughs> but surely. I, you, you like, girl, I feel like, I feel like if, if there was a, a like if someone said, hey, do you need someone to take you over? And then you'd be like, yes, here are all the ways to get you through it. <laughs> you I have a whole pamphlet. Sounds like a book coming. Sounds like a book that might be coming. What other, pro- before I let you go, what other projects are yeah. you working on? Well, Vegan Sexy Cool is the main thing. I am working with a, with a small team also to, you know, I've worked so hard with the Jackie Reed brand that I don't want to let that go completely. And so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, once I get Vegan Sexy Cool rolling and solid, how do I get back to the whole Jackie Wright thing? Because I do, you know, there's so many stories that I want to share and so many people that I still want to interview. You know, right now I am helping my mom. I'm in Atlanta. My mother is senior. She's in great health. Um, but I'm preparing for her to get to the point. Well, when she gets to the point where she might need a little help. And so we're yeah. remodeling her house and changing some things, getting documents in order, all that okay. stuff. And I have so many friends right now who are dealing with the same, who even beyond what I'm dealing with, with my mom, which is just a a fight of, I don't want to throw that away. I don't want to take that giant spoon and, you know, wooden spoon and fork off the wall. I'm like, okay, I can't. (laughs) But people whose parents have, right, parents have Alzheimer's or are dealing with so many things um, that it's a lot on a lot of friends. That's a lot of, conver- I'm having a lot of conversations around that and a lot of conversations around mental health too. I had a girlfriend yeah. call me today to, and said to me, I talk to her all the time. She said, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm, I am depressed. And I have so many friends right now <laughs> who mentally are not doing well. And we're out there focusing on what's next, what you doing, what, you know, I always have people ask me, girl, what you doing next? What's going, you know, but how are you doing? How are you yeah. really doing? And I think yeah, we need to really, true. particularly as black women, encourage each other to really have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that what you just said is 
honestly, what all I in your groups, in your circle groups, and the older we get, the more important we realize it is. But the the depression, the the parents being sick, my best friends yeah. dealing with that, everything you name, I'm like that that person that that is what's going on in our world right now. And you're right, yeah. it's better to check in mentally and also physically, like yeah. honestly. So I can't now I can't be like, oh, she's naturally skinny because you it looks like you over here working for it. <laughs> I, now I got it. I gotta go work for something too. Then apparently, girl, I guess I mean because you. That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> um, Jackie Reed, thank you so much for being naked with us. You're so sweet. You're such a sweetheart. Better than I than I assumed. Just as lovely, just as charming, all the things. So it was oh, great to meet you. You're so wonderful, and thank you for having me. I'm such a fan yes. of all that you do, and I look forward to seeing you soon, face to face. I hope so, soon in person. In person. 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 Such a pleasure to have Jackie on the podcast. Uh, I'm excited that she decided to join me and more excited about the possibilities of what if, what is next. I um, can't promise that I'll be a vegan, Jackie, if you're listening, but I can promise I'll try to be better (laughs) and that I'm getting there because it's just a mentality, the same mentality that helps you change lives that same mentality that i have to fight for different things is the same thing if i'm being honest that i should be trying to employ as i try to enter into this world of veganism Uh, i don't know if i can i'll try who knows who knows anyway i hope you all enjoyed um thank you so much for listening and next week special guest can't tell you you'll see the promotion Keep subscribing, keep talking about it, keep making sure your girl stays in the mix. I appreciate you all very, very much. Thanks for listening to Naked. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.